This morning's message is going to have to do with choices that come before you. Which way you're going to go, which way you're going to turn, how you make your decisions. This is absolutely vital. I even thought about when I'm standing over there, you say this is absolutely vital. It sounds so cliche. But if you've been in the ministry any length of time, and then you can look back and see lives that have made choices. Good ones and bad ones. And it's scary to think one choice, how it could affect possibly generations that are behind you. Simple little... We drove to Pittsburgh yesterday was a surprise 50th wedding anniversary for Pastor Bender and his wife. So all of us took off, got there wonderfully, perfectly, right on time. On the way back, we decided they wanted to stop in this and stop in this pizza place and nothing like good old Pittsburgh pizza. And went somewhere else and somewhere else. And so we're off the beaten path. And so we finally decided to head home and we thought, man, this is the way to go was the most ungodly route back to Ohio I have ever seen. One time, I mean, we're just laughing hysterically because we're so lost. Actually, not lost. We knew we were heading the right way, but we couldn't find 70. We're heading west. We're going down to like two lanes now. And at one time, Adam busts out laughing because it was so dark. Curves were so bad. He says, we're going seven. Seven miles an hour right now. And when you're 150 miles from home, that takes a long. <laughs> it got so ridiculous, we just laughed for a good hour on how redundant, dumb move we made. But it was ridiculous. Took us through every little small town. Every Had to be drunks that made the road. And it all came from a choice. Now we can laugh at that one. There's a whole bunch we can't laugh at. The title of this morning's message is called Soft Breeze. You see that soft breeze, and you think, that's got to be the way. That's what God wants. Feel the soft breeze. That has to be God. Bruce, take us before the Lord, please. The other day I was watching on TV and there, I think it's what, hurricane season or something or hurricane shark week, something altogether, I don't know what it was, but it was some storm that was approaching the coast and it might have been um, on the California coast and it drawed 10,000 people to the shore because I mean, have you ever been to the ocean? It's awesome. You ever been to the ocean when it's storming, not on the ocean, but close to it? It's really awesome. I mean, just see that thing churning and coming. Drew 10,000 people. So many people that were having trouble keep, keeping them back, you know, going back and forth. And if you haven't been to the West Coast Ocean, it's awesome. I mean, they got mountains right up against the ocean, not like Florida where it just kind of trickles up. All of a sudden, some huge wave came. Tremendous wave went over a lot of people and swept a lot out into the ocean. So they're out there 
thrashing for their life. And then they come out with the Coast Guard and they're throwing the lifesavers out there trying to the ship's going up and, and they're throwing all that to say this. That's what I'm doing this morning. There are some things you're about to do, think the right way, and we're throwing lifesavers this morning. And if you don't grab onto this, this is the only lifesaver there is with that turmoil that's out there. So, please, ears to hear. Okay, Proverbs 16.25 tells us this. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Now, he's talking about you and I. Humanity. There is a way right now facing me, facing you, that seems right. Seems right unto you, but God tells you by the Spirit of God, if you're waiting on God, He can tell you that the end thereof is the way of death. Now the way means a road, a journey, a course of life, a spouse, a job, a move, whatever it is. That's what this word way means. There is a way, there is a road, there is a journey, a course of life that you're thinking this is what I should do, or I should be, here's where I should move, whatever it is, and it seems right unto you. That word seems means straight, correct, level. Yeah, this looks like a pretty good idea, pretty good way. Ruth, you want to move to Florida? That looks pretty good. Kind of idea like this. Remember, uh, for the last off and on month, maybe, we've been talking about being natural or supernatural. How do you make your decisions? Your natural mind or supernaturally with God. And so there is a way now that seems right, a journey, a course of life, a correct way to you, a level way. It seems like it looks good. And remember when Paul was arrested and they were putting him on a ship and they were going to take him somewhere? And it wasn't a really good time to be sailing, yet it looked absolutely still, absolutely calm. And that's where I get the uh, title, Soft Breeze. Because in Acts 27, 13, it says this, And when the south wind blew softly, a soft breeze, when the soft breeze came, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing fence, they sailed close by Crete. In other words, they're looking out and they're thinking, man, I don't know. What do you think? Should we go for it? You think we can go? And the wind is so soft and it's so nice and they're using their reasoning and maybe they're looking at the weather map and who knows what's going on. And they said, man, that soft breeze just does it. Let's go. Let's go for it. So when the soft wind blew, or when the wind blew softly, they took that as a sign. And we want to look at Genesis uh, 13.10 now. Remember Lot? Abraham and Lot having a little squabble. And they're saying, look, we've got to divide. Remember what Lot did? Lot lifted his eyes and he saw the plain of Jordan that it, is, that it was well watered everywhere. You remember that? Here comes the soft wind. Oh, this has to be the place we should live. Lot looks and says, look, Get all the water, all the water we'll ever need in life. Surely that has to be the place. These are decisions we make. They come before us. 
We seem to always choose what looks like the easy way or mostly that which is appealing. Man, look at all the water and that breeze. I could live here forever. All right, well, how about Genesis 3, 6? And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes. There's another choice facing Eve. We have all the water everywhere. Lot is saying, surely, surely this is awesome. The soft breeze that's coming, all the seasoned sailors are saying, that's just what we needed. And now here's Eve looking and pleasant with to her eyes. Now how are you and I supposed to walk this walk? By faith, and it has nothing to do with your with your eyes. You walk by faith. Eve's checking this thing out and saying, man, I can make a meal out of that. That is pleasant to my eyes. In other words, it could be read as, or a delight to the eyes. You can see these decisions and you know where I'm going. That word means enjoyment, means pleasure, means happiness, means joy. How could all that be bad? And so all these people make their decisions. When the soft breeze came, and they were saying, man, let's, let's shove off. Hoist the anchor and let's go. We can do this. God has given us that soft breeze. Paul, the man of God, stands up. In the midst of the calmness and the breeze, everything looking great, just like possibly today in your life, decisions, that you're not giving God opportunity to weigh in, in, to speak to you in or about. Paul stands up and he says, saying, Amen. I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss. With the soft breeze going, the Word of God comes and declares, not only of the cargo and ship, but also of our lives. It's just like the Word of God. There are maybe no issues in your life or hardly any issues in your life. Things are going cool. You're not living particularly right with God. Not paying a whole lot of attention to the Word of God. Not lining up your life like you should be with the Word of God. Messages come forth. And you really don't pay a whole lot of attention to them. Just like these guys didn't to Paul. Because of that soft. Breeze, Pastor, this has to be right. And Lot saying, man, we got all this water. Eve saying, man, that is about the most beautiful fruit I've ever seen. All making choices. All making decisions that we know that are contrary to the Word of God. Even decisions and thoughts and choices that are coming your way that you have to make. In verse 11, after Paul stands up, he goes, Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman, the owner of the ship, by than the things Paul spoke. In other words, Paul standing up, being moved upon by God, we could say to preach this message, he declares this message, he throws the lifesaver out, grab it, I perceive much harm. And you're looking at what? It's awesome here. 
And the helmsman speaks, convinces, look, I've sailed these seas. I've been living this way for, there's nothing going to happen. There's no problem. And he convinces them, and they tell the preacher the word of God, the man of God, shut up. And they ignore the word of God, just like our nation is now. I was text last night. Somebody received the first coin that does not say, in God we trust. It's been removed. It's actually there. Text it, showed it to me. I looked at that and went, that ain't nothing new. I haven't trusted in God in years. I say it's actually better to get it off than to say, God, in God we trust, and we don't. It's the same thing now when you throw out the Word of God. When God stands up and He declares, Paul, well, there's going to be much harm here. And they were like, forget it. They're counting on, they put human reasoning over the Word of God. We do that all the time. That's why, because we're talking about being natural instead of supernatural. Many times you can go like this to folks. Look, look, look what it says. What are you talking about? You can't, yeah, but... You throw this out, and it just floats past them. You're going, grab on! And this is what we, we're trying to do every time we have a service, is to throw out the Word of God, throw out the lifesaver. You have to hang on to it. You have to grip it. But human reasoning, we want to think according to the flesh so much. We're so natural. And we're supposed to be supernatural. God in me. Do you ever feel God going like this to you? What are you doing? What are you going there? What are you talking like that for? Why are you watching this? You're putting that on? You ever feel that? I mean, that's, that's supernatural. That's God. That's not the flesh. The flesh wants to be a slob or a pig or whatever. The flesh loves that stuff. Romans 8 tells us this. Therefore, brethren, listen to the word. We are debtors, but not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. I'm not in debt to live at, after the flesh. Not to the flesh at all. I have no debt to the flesh. Paul's speaking to who in Rome? Christians. You and I, people of God. And he's saying, what are you doing? He said, Brethren, we are debtors, but not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. Look, listen to me, please. If we live after the flesh, you shall die. That's why all of a sudden these choices are super magnified. God is telling us by the Spirit of God, you're going to die. But if through the Spirit you do mortify the deeds of the flesh, you shall live. What's that word mortify mean? Say it louder. Kill. Does that sound like a soft breeze? Well, water. God says you need to kill that stuff in you. I mean, what would you choose? The soft breeze blowing your golden locks and all the water you want and all that wonderful fruit? Or can you think it's God saying, kill those desires in you? No, this has to be God over here. Yeah. And it deceives us and it tricks us. And we let the Word of God float right by us without grabbing onto it. Paul stands up and says, Oh man, 
Something bad going to happen. Oh, we've been hearing that. And they don't respond to the preaching of the Word of God. They don't take the Word of God and, and consume it and let it become a part of them and believe in it and hang on to it and trust it no matter what's going on. They believe their natural senses. They believe the well water, the fruit, and the breeze over the Word of God. Mortify means to put to death, to make die. There's things in, there in you that have to die. You're to make them die. You're to kill them. Everything to do with that carnal nature needs to die inside of you. That's why fleshly preaching no longer preaches the cross. Because what is that a symbol of? Death. So it's like, wait a minute. So we don't preach the cross. We preach the soft breeze. We preach the drinks and cookies and stuff now that go on in churches. Look, if we live according to the flesh, God declares to you and I, you're going to die. Paul constantly reminds you and I that living after the flesh ends in death. And we need this reminder even now. You and I, I know this is in there. I've read it before, but I need reminded about that because we are so deceived in thinking that this flesh offers life. When it doesn't, it offers death. It'll cologne it up and make up it up, but it offers death. The cool breeze, oh, this water, oh, that fruit. You look over here and God's saying, take up your cross and follow me. And I'll give you life. And you're going, what? Because we're natural thinking. Supernatural would know this is a fake. Supernatural goes, I cling to the cross. We're living in a mixed up world. Flip, flop. Flip. We are. We think this. Then we go back to this. And then we think, no, this. It's insane. You've got to hang on to this. Absolutely this. The soft breezes are going to deceive you. They really are. Romans 7, 8 tells us this. Look, for the, I know that in me, that is in my flesh, what's it say? Dwell with what? Okay, so you know pastor's not writing that, that God wrote it. I'm not taking a shot at you today. God did God says, uh, guys and girls, in you is nothing good. In that flesh, in that thing that you were born with before you were born again is nothing good. Nothing. See any leeway for, says, nothing good. And God says, if you're going to follow that, you're going to die. If you're going to follow that way of thinking, follow that lifestyle, you're going to die. Dwelleth no good thing, for to will is present with me, but how to perform it, that which is good. That word flesh, to look what it means. It means your human nature, that which you were born with, the earthly nature of man, apart from the divine influence. All of us, most of us have had raised children, and do they come out of the mother just good? 
They come out saying, thank you, please, and have all kind of manners, and let me help mom. Dad, where's your slippers? Do they come out of the womb that way? They come out of the womb crying, screaming, wanting fed and wanting fed now. You know how many times your son could have an ounce, a, a, a centimeter of an ounce more chocolate milk? Where's that come from? That's the nature that that's talking about. That's this fallen nature. And God says, if you follow that, where's my chocolate milk? You're going to die. And so God throws out the lifesaver and, and, and declares it through preaching of the Word of God. There's much harm's going to come with that kind of lifestyle. And the enemy comes with this, hit the fan. We're almost losing them. Show them water. Oh, the water. So that flesh is that human nature, that earthly nature of man with no divine influence. That's what's going on out there. Kicking God out of everything, scrubbing his name now off our coins, and we're reaping. It's going to get worse. God says, because what's in you without me is no good thing. Nothing. So, for in my human reasoning, in my human understanding, in my human intellect, is no good thing. So why would we trust it to make right decisions? If everything that's in me, separate from divine influence, is messed up, declared no good by God, why could I figure out my life? I think we'll move to Florida. God says, it's, it's no good. You need divine influence by God to let you know, to let you see that soft, you know, that breeze is something about that breeze. I just, I don't know. I know everybody loves it, but something's just not right. And that's because God's going, don't be fooled by that. There's much harm if you do this. Too bad Lot's wife didn't have that going on. Honey, what are you doing? Oh my gosh, last night I had a dream. God warned me. My wife tells me stuff like that. She said, I don't know. That, that tapping, that warning, that, that supernatural looks good. Look at all that water. And oh man, that fruit. I can just taste it, but... And you don't. That's supernatural. Trusting God to make those decisions for you and through you. You have to choose to say, okay, God. The lifesaver comes. You go, okay, God. And you hang on to it. And everybody else is with the breeze. But we have to make decisions, don't we? So what do we do? How do we do them? Well, if you come to me on Monday, I'll tell you how to live your life, who to marry, who not to. Well, that might not be bad. Look at Romans 13, 14. Yeah, you don't want to do, you don't put any of that in man. 
I'm as no good as you are no good. Look what it says, Romans 13, 14. But, here's what we do. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that's just not there, some cool, thought-up words. God is saying that through Paul. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and what? And make no provisions or care for the flesh. Make none. But, but, but if I don't feed the flesh, it'll die. Right, it'll die. God says, put on Christ and don't feed the flesh. Don't care for it. Don't stroke it. Don't wash it. Don't do anything. Don't nourish it. Let it die because it breeds death. God says, put on Christ. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what we're supposed to do. That just doesn't mean coming to church and maybe raising a hand or singing uh, Amazing Grace. It means put them on your entire life. we got to cast off even before we put on. i got a long day. I'm going to go to the fair after this. I'm going to hit that shower. i got to take these clothes off to get my jammies on. i got to take off before I put on. And God is saying, make no provisions for that way of thinking, that intellect, that understanding. That's earthly. God says, put on Christ, heavenly knowledge, heavenly understanding I will give you so that you can make the right choices that come your way. And you'll feel and sense the, even though the breeze, and everybody's going, you're crazy, man, this is awesome. But that soft breeze and all that water. Oh. Eve going by her eyes. The word of told to walk by faith. Total, look, it's total opposite of what the world tells you. Walking with God. Walking with the Lord. Okay, so here's simply the reason why we are to walk by faith. Soft breeze, off they go. Okay? Acts 27, 13, when a light, this New Living tra Translation, when a light wind began blowing from the south, the sailors thought they could make it, so they pulled up anchor, sailed close to the shore of Crete. Verse 14, you don't even have to take a breath, and it says, but the weather changed abruptly. You've had abrupt changes in your life? Out of nowhere? Seemed like a linebacker blast you from here. You didn't even know that was coming. Lost your breath. You can't, you can't take it in. You can't take it out. That's why all of a sudden, the soft breeze was gone. And the weather changed abruptly, and a wind of typhoon strength called a nor'easter burst across the island and blew us out to sea. And that's what the enemy does. He just gives you that soft breeze. And then he just cannonballs your life, boom, when he's got you out there making natural flesh decisions. Things changed abruptly for Eve. After she saw that, oh man, could I make something out of that? What a meal. Changed pretty abruptly. How about Lot? The well water. Water's like gold, oil out there. 
the well water didn't know that clouds of brimstone were starting to gather above his head. He's going, oh my gosh, and I live here. And then, ba-boom. We make natural decisions. Natural choices. We leave out the Spirit of God and the presence of God. We leave out. Had someone sit in my office not all that long ago. Said, God showed me all them red flags. I just blew right beside it. Oh, I feel so stupid. Because the Nor'easter came. You see what I mean by the lifesaver? All those waves were coming up. Probably 100 waves came up, and they were just cool, splashing way high. Oh, people taking pictures. And all of a sudden, one came and went way over them. Swept them out. Wasn't funny anymore. That's what happens to you and I. I don't even know if I should tell this story, because I know that I preached this message 20-some years ago, and have shared it off and on. But churches are so revolving door anymore. Do you guys, how many of you remember the story that I preached on and called it My Compass? Okay, maybe 25 of you. Well, I'll try to do it real fast because time is of the essence. Believe it or not, I was a deer hunter at one time. I can't believe it myself, but I was. Of course, I was only 17 years old. I lived in Pittsburgh, Dubois, St. Mary Mountains, where there are true mountains, mountains, mountains. Okay, and, and, and I remember the wee hours of the morning, getting all my stuff together, and my father was up. And so I had my insulated boots, I had my insulated gloves, I had my hunting clothes. I don't know, this was a big thing back then, Woolrich, is it still a big thing now or not? Any hunters? You ever hear the name Woolrich? No Woolrich anymore? Duck Dynasty now or what? <laughs> anyway, it was the stuff. It was the stuff. I had matching hat. I had my deer rifle, which is not, you don't have to have a shotgun in PA. I had a 303 British something. I can't remember what it was. I had a bunch of ammo. I had my lunch, had my long underwear, had my knife, had my hand warmer, had my insulated socks, had my compass. And my dad, we were up like three in the morning getting all this stuff together because the guys were coming that were, of course, a little older than I was taking me with them. My dad kept saying to me, I swear, about every 45 minutes, you have your compass. And I'd say, yeah, dad. And 40 some minutes ago, you have your compass. And, Look, dad, yes, I have my compass. Of course, I'm 17, and I know everything. It's the truth, okay? Now, the Word of God tells us, you know what a compass is, right? It's your instrument for showing direction or guidance. A compass. It's like the Word of God. The Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Do you have that? Is it a lamp and a light? Do you have that? Your Heavenly Father says, and I would answer, yeah, Dad, yeah. John 16, 13 says, How be it when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. Stay away from that, my son. Stay away from that soft breeze. It's a trick. He's guiding me into all truth. John 3, 3 says, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, born again, 
radical change upheaval. You're not even going to see heaven. Come close to it. Son, do you have your compass? Yeah, Dad, yes. And then the guys finally showed up and took me. I don't know how many hours away it was. It was, was a drive. And by the time we got there, in the woods, wilderness, mountain, gathering up, barely daylight, not even hardly daylight yet. 30 degrees, December, I think, deer hunting is, mountains. My buddies look at me and say, look, we're going to walk about 40 yards apart, stay in line, you'll see each other, you'll be fine. For any reason, if this happens, it won't happen, but if any reason you get lost, just follow the creek. It'll go down like that road I was on, though. But it'll go down to where we parked by the car wash, down at the bottom of the mountain. And off we went. It was perfect. No snow, no inclement weather. My three buddies who were older than me, at least 10 years older than me, I still remember some of them, Fred and Leo, and I can't remember the other guy's name. I mean, I was ready for deer, totally pumped and prepared, 17 years old. Let's get them. And then the storm came. And we're in the mountains now. I mean, it's been crazy, like storming around here. In the mountains, I'm talking, within an hour, we must have had six inches of snow, then eight inches of snow. I mean, snow seemed like it was coming down like the size of my Bible. Snow like crazy. And within minutes, I'm totally lost. Everything was white, white out, total. I couldn't even see my buddies. Spit. Uh, was that quiet? At uh, the top of the mountain, snow doesn't make noise. And it was just absolutely frightful. I couldn't see my buddies. I couldn't hear my buddies. I was totally in a solitary place, totally alone. And now all of a sudden, I'm wandering around because I could see them before. I said, well, this is the way to go. They've hunted here for years. They probably can figure out the story. All of a sudden, I start to panic. And this is the truth. As God is my judge. This is the truth. Before we went in, now, this was when I'm 17. Geez, I graduated 67, so around there. And you remember the Volkswagen? They came out with the little Volkswagen station wagon, that little thing. Before we went in the woods, that was bear season the day before. And a guy had one, had it gutted, had it hanging out the back of his Volkswagen wagon. Its head and paws are on the back of the, on the road. And his ribs look like this. Panicked. That's all I could think of was that bear's mother or father. Serious. I totally panicked and I'm running now. I have no idea if I'm running deeper in the woods, higher in the mountains. I have no idea those uh, branches hitting my face and your freezing face. I panicked. I ran right into the creek. Totally submerged myself, gun and all, rifle, picked my rifle up, water running out of my rifle, lunch fell out, it's floating down the stream. I thought, I'm dead. And then I had the great insight and knowledge. 
my compass. Oh yeah, I did. Remember the watch thing had a pack back here, and I'm taking. Finally got my compass. On. And I realized what? I didn't know how to read my compass. I didn't know what it was telling me. Just like this, just like the Word of God. We drove, like I told you, 150 miles to that anniversary thing. I'm talking to an old buddy. I used to call him Diamond Jim. I ran into him, and he said, you know, nobody knows their word. Nobody knows nothing. They take anything and everything. And so I'm looking at my way out, the answers, my directional guidance, and I didn't know how to read it. At that moment, it wasn't funny. And I wasn't saved, and I went, you... Because I figured I was done for. Dead. Lost. Shot all my ammo. <laughs> what do you have in a, a case? 20, 30? I shot them all because I was told, that means you need help. <laughs> I was probably shooting all my friends. <laughs> What's the matter with them? I was lost for six or seven hours. It was now dark on the mountain. And it finally dawned on me about the stream, and I find my way down. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's us, God. That's us. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Take it! It floats, what for? Everything's fine. We're doing good. Grab on! The breeze and the water, like my compass, you wait until the Euroclodon comes, the nor'easter, and then try to. <laughs> Where was? Where is it? It ain't gonna do you any good. Soft breeze got another person. The easy way out got another family. Absolutely, it's easier to go play sports than come to church or go do this with your children. Much easier to stay home, prop the feet up and grab chips and Pepsi and watch those Sunday night games. Way easier, man. And now you can have 50 channels of everything. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, brother, I perceive that there's much harm in this voyage to the loss of life and belongings if you don't grab the lifesaver. <clears throat> Matthew tells us that God's Word will not pass. My life will come and it will pass, but God's Word will continue to go on. I forgot to write this one down. 1 Peter 23. 1 Peter 1, 23. This will be the last one. Look at that, it says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the Word of God. Not by a little prayer. It says by the Word of God. That Word of God keeps you born again. 
the Word of God makes you even deeper in being born again in its roots. That's how you're kept. That's how you'll get through the storms. That's how you can cling to this. When everything in you is screaming and saying, man, that fruit looks awesome, that water, that breeze, this is God, I know it's God, and yet you keep feeling, what is that? I wish that would go away. I want to leave this stinking little town. Soft breeze. Sorry, this is my final one. Psalm says this, Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. Pull me out, God, pull me out. What, what do you think? I wonder what Lot thought. He had his place, big place, the city gate. What did he think when his wife's dead? All his son-in-laws are dead looking wasn't even allowed to look back, smelling and smoldering the fire. What did he think? What could he thought? What a fool I was. I had all those red flags. Well, too late for a bunch of your family. Your children have no say. Where you do, where you go, when you come to church, how often you come to church, where you move, they just follow you. They just follow you. And if you go, I'm done with church. Off you go. They're right behind you. And then you die. They raise up. They raise their children. Outside of a miracle, off they go. Off they go. Down they go. More. 6,000 an hour. So God says, I will deliver you out of your distresses. And he led them forth by the right way that they may go to a city of habitation, a place where there's life. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Look, I don't know what's going on in your life. Hardly know much of anything what's going on in anybody's life. All I know is the enemy has a plan for you to be destroyed. And the enemy right now, just kind of like Hollywood, all that fake stuff, Fire up a fan, breeze coming. Fire up the green screen, looks like you're on some soft beach with all this wonderful water. Life's great, pastor's crazy, you're in good shape. And then the enemy's going to come and going to turn it all off, and you're going to have nothing. So why let that happen? Take some time this morning, come to the... Th- to the altar here of God and say, God, please, here's what I do. I do this all the time. Say, God, I don't trust myself. I don't trust myself at all. I don't, Lord, I don't trust myself. Please, God, show me, tell me, through the Word, through something, somehow, whatever it takes, God. Big sign, God, on 70, tell me which way west is. Whatever you got to do, God, do it. Give it to me so I can stay where I should be. But you have to do that. This is, this is a time where we go, okay. And you've got to catch it. So they're going to play something. 
cut back some lights, give you a few minutes here in the presence of God. Come to the altar. Come talk to God. If you don't know God, run down here. Raise your hand. We have to talk.